uh, there's still plenty of ways and opportunities that you can pick up these stories. One of the things that I did uh, my first season with the Hillcats was I started playing MLB The Show uh, with a couple of the guys and just gaming with them and getting to talk with them through the headset and uh, just getting to hear some of their stories and have some fun with them and uh, kind of getting that inside look in their personalities and their characteristics. Hello and welcome to the Bears and Lions podcast. This is the podcast where we challenge our present by viewing our past. I'm a firm believer that our greatest future lies within the correct view of our past because when you actually look at it, there's going to be things in your past. There's going to be moments that felt like failure. It felt like it wasn't supposed to happen that way, but those are the exact things that springboard you into your greatest Future. And in today's guest session episode, I sit down with Jason Prill, who's the director of broadcasting for the Lynchburg Hillcats, which is the single A minor league team to the Cleveland Guardians. This conversation was absolutely fantastic. Whether you're a baseball person or not, there's a lot to glean from in your professional life, your personal life, or relationships. There is so much that I was so I was so excited to have this conversation. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you hit that like and subscribe button and share this with a friend, whether they're baseball people or not. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, thank you so much make sure that you follow rate five stars and share this with friends as well this was an absolute fantastic conversation and i cannot wait for y'all to listen so without further ado jason prill well i guess we're starting with the day in the life it starts with insomnia because i don't get to bed until after midnight every single night but that's just uh besides the point if we're going to the morning i I'll wear a lot of hats throughout the day, and it really depends on what season that we're in. Uh, I have a full-time job over at Liberty in the department that I graduated in, uh, which is really uh, my my, uh, my tent-making position. It allows me to pay the bills. It allows me to uh, survive in life, to live uh, more comfortably than I probably deserve with the degree that I have. Um, and then uh, I'll switch into wearing some different hats depending on if it's basketball season or if it's baseball season, if it's baseball season, I'm working across town as the play-by-play voice for the Lynchburg Hillcats. Uh, if it's basketball or football, I'm helping out with uh, Liberty Flame Sports Network on the radio and producing and uh, directing those and doing studio hosting gigs. Um, but through it all, I, I, I think you could say that I'm a people person. I love to interact with people. I love to uh, talk with people. I always have people around me, whether I'm at work or whether I'm at home, uh, just socializing, catching up, enjoying uh, community. I think that's very important to my life uh, and important to know uh, because community is a big part of my story. That's awesome. And and honestly, we go back. So for those of you who are listening, Jason and I actually were, were at Liberty at the same time. Uh, worked in radio. We did some some high school broadcasts together. We did <laughs> quite quite a, a quite a few Saturday morning two hour radio uh, sessions for for the Grind Sports Radio Show uh, way back oh, yeah. when. And uh, it, it's been really exciting because it, you've been one of the people who everything you said you were going to do when we were in school years ago, you have done and more and. It continues to open doors. So you talk about, uh, you know, the Hillcats. Um, they're a minor league, I, I, an A, uh, level A minor league team, correct, for the Cleveland Guardians now. 
Uh, talk to me about how that transitioned. You're you're a Ohio guy, right? So like, talk to me about yeah. uh, Ohio and and just having the hometown connection. Dude, it is such a blessing. Um, I, I grew up in Cleveland or just outside of Cleveland, and so I've always been cheering for what are now known as the Guardians, formerly known as the Indians. Um, that and that was my first love. Baseball was the thing that I fell in love with at an early age. My my grandfather played minor league baseball for a little bit of time. My, my parents grew up um, allowing me to stay up late to watch baseball games in the summer. I played in my cul-de-sac with my neighbors. And so baseball was really my like, that was my thing. I loved baseball. And so coming down to Lynchburg, I totally honest, I didn't even know that Cleveland had an affiliate in Lynchburg. Um, it was they they uh, adopted the Hillcats in 2015. I came down here in 2016. So I had no idea that this was even a thing. And then I wasn't until like a year or two into it uh, that I was down in Virginia that I finally realized, oh, wait, there is a hometown connection besides me in this city. And so I started going to games a little bit more often and um, just God opened up a lot of doors. And uh, we'll probably talk about it as we go through uh, this this podcast. But he, he brought me back to Lynchburg after I thought I was going to move away. and. Uh, then that's how the door opened for me to, to join in with the Hillcats and live out my lifelong dream and work along uh, people who are hoping to get to where I came from in Cleveland, which is even cooler because I get to kind of be that that connection and preview what's to come for them uh, as as they go throughout the organization. Yeah, some high, highlights that you've done some incredible work, by the way, uh, being the play-by-play broadcaster. When you think of of baseball and, and play-by-play, there's such a rich history of of radio play-by-play, and and I immediately think of, of course, Vin Scully, um, but there are some other greats that have done just an incredible job in highlighting players, and of course, you were selected as the STAA, uh, one of the calls of the year in 2023, so, so congratulations. You also have a couple calls that have gone viral as well. I'm not sure if you have, have noticed, but I'm sure you have with some of your home run calls and uh, some highlights, which that's the life of the broadcaster. You know, I, I went to school for sports broadcasting as well. I think I was one year ahead of you, or I might have been uh, right around that area. Um, and of course, mm-hmm. I went back to school a little older. And I absolutely loved the fact that w- the best broadcasters, when we would study in like classes with like Dr. Underation and stuff, like the best broadcasters very rarely ever had you feeling like you were listening to a broadcaster. They really did highlight the player to where you were more interested in what they were talking about to get you excited about what you were watching. And and I've noticed that there are a lot of broadcasters that even today, I feel like I'm listening to a broadcaster who's trying to get you interested in a game instead of a broadcaster who's in the game, who's trying to envelop and show what the players are doing and, and really highlight that. Talk to me about the, the struggle. Like there's gotta be a balance. And of course you're doing it at a higher level than I've ever done it. And it's super awesome to, to watch kind of talk to me about how your prep goes, what it looks like your relationship with the guys, you know, in the locker room that change that broadcast tone of, you know, we're, we're not just watching, we're a part of it. Yeah, no, that's a very good question. And it really does go back to a lot of the prep work and just studying and knowing what's going on in with the team. 
Um, I unfortunately don't get to travel with the team everywhere. So I'm kind of at a disadvantage of knowing some of that stuff uh, compared to some of my minor league counterparts who do get to travel. But uh, there's still plenty of ways and opportunities that you can pick up these stories. One of the things that I did uh, my first season with the Hillcats was I started playing MLB The Show uh, with a couple of the guys and just gaming with them and getting to talk with them through the headset and uh, just getting to hear some of their stories and have some fun with them and uh, kind of getting that inside look in their personalities and their characteristics. And the more and more that you're around the clubhouse, the more and more you start to understand, OK, this guy, he's a quiet leader. He, he sets the tone for the entire team. He sets the uh, the example for what's to follow. Then you have other guys who are the vocal leaders, who are the guys that people follow because they're wise. They have uh, maybe a, an extra year under their belt in the minor league system. Um, you see the coaches and their personalities and you start to understand, okay, why do they really like this coach? Well, it's because uh, I can relate to him. He can goof off. He's a bro. He's a baseball bro. Not in a bad sense uh, that you might get um, that term, but just he's he's one of us. He's a guy that can relate to us. He's a guy that understands us. So the more that you're around the clubhouse, the more that you're around the guys, which uh, is one of the cool parts about my job is I get to go into the clubhouse before and after every game and just kind of hear some of the conversations that are going on and watch them playing ping pong or watching golf. And uh, yeah, you, you get to kind of pick up on some of their personality traits. And that's what takes you behind the curtain a little bit. You can describe the action all you want, but people can see that, that they can watch that. They can call that for themselves. But what people don't get the opportunity to do is go behind the curtain. The audience doesn't get to go into the clubhouse. They don't get to go in there after a tough loss and see the guys just despondent and frustrated and confused as to how it ended up getting to that point. They don't get to go in there after a walk-off victory when the guys are dancing and partying and uh, spraying water all over each other and just go, going berserk. Uh, and that's the thing that I, I try to bring into my broadcast is understanding that the people at home they can see what's happening on the screen. They, they know what happens in the game of baseball. If you're tuning into a minor league baseball game, odds are you like baseball enough to understand the sport. Um, but what you might not understand is what happens behind the curtains, what goes on in the clubhouse, in the dugout, in the conversations between coaches and players. What happens when a coach has to cut a guy? That's a tough thing to do. Uh, and so what are those conversations like? And that's what I want people to understand. These are real people. Uh, they make probably a lot more money uh, than some of us. Um, some of them might not, uh, but they're normal people just like us. They put their pants on the same way as you and me. Uh, and that's what I want to bring forth in my broadcast is showing people and showing the audience that the people you're watching on the screen right now, they're normal. They're just like you and I. They have personalities. They're fun uh, to be around, and they're worth telling stories of. The story part is, is such a, a fascinating thing because I I do love that mentality and and knowing that they're they're normal people. Yeah, you know, and you think of 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 a single A. You know, those contracts are going to be a little bit different than than any of the other contracts that we see. I knew I grew up with the the Chattanooga Lookouts, which were the the double A in. Uh, for the Reds for a very long time. And, you know, their contracts weren't the the massive, you know, the the million dollars across the, the years. These were actually just average working salaries. You know, they were they were putting in the same amount of time that you would put into a 40 hour work week, probably more. 
Um, and, yeah. and it was a, a different stress and a different anxiety and a, a different phase. But when you get to know that, it helps give you that perspective. And when uh, I just appreciate you as a broadcaster bringing that to the, the screen, because if you're watching any sport, even if it is a minor league, we've got the UFL coming up uh, that's that's going to be starting its, its inaugural year, which was the XFL that um, you know The Rock has been a part of. I'm excited to see where it finally gives players a chance where this is their opportunity to shine. And so your job in single A, honestly, is probably more important than a lot of other broadcasters because you are highlighting people who want to be highlighted so that they can move forward. Uh, so kudos, and, and it's really exciting. We're going to get into a little bit more. Um, but I did want to kind of back up a little bit because you talked about growing up in, in Cleveland or right outside Cleveland and always been a baseball guy, always been a sports guy. What are some of the things that you grew up? Did you play? How was that mentality of, of now I want to do a broadcasting? Was that something that you always wanted to do? Or, or what were your goals or, or childhood dreams that you kind of had throughout your younger years uh, that led into, like you said, when you started going to Liberty in 2016? Yeah, so I grew up playing baseball. That was I started in T-ball and I didn't stop until I got into high school. And there's uh, just a love that I grew to develop. Um, and I never played su a super high level. I was playing rec ball. Uh, but I, I dreamed that I was going to be able to make it to the major leagues because I, that's what I watched every single night. Um, and I, I had that dream since I was playing T-ball. I remember playing first base and making a backhand play and my parents after the game going, whoa, where'd you learn that? And I went, I don't know. The ball was there, so I just grabbed it. Uh, so like, I always had this love for the sport and a desire to, to, to play it. Um, but I quickly realized that the other things about playing a sport competitively, I wasn't necessarily gifted with. Um, I didn't enjoy working out at the time. Uh, I didn't enjoy going to the gym uh, and I wasn't athletic. I just, I, I was athletic enough to get by and athletic enough to do some cool things on the diamond, but I wasn't athletic enough to compete with some guys who could run a lot faster than me or could jump a lot higher than me or had more strength than me. Uh, so I was kind of limited in that aspect. And uh, you, you begin to realize, well, maybe this isn't necessarily a logical career choice as you begin to grow up. And uh, it's funny, I look back and I remember in elementary school, we had to piece together a what you want to be when you grow up PowerPoint. Uh, and everyone else was picking doctor, astronaut, uh, lawyer, these really good and noble pursuits. And then I picked sports broadcaster and we had to go around and we had to share our, what we wanted to be when we grow up. And it, this was part of our computer class to teach us how to use PowerPoint. Um, but I picked sports broadcaster. I think I was in like first grade or second grade. And that's really the, the time where I, you really start to see the seeds planted of this being something that I wanted to do. And as I got older, I just had more and more people keep reaffirming that in me. I remember I was in a couple different um, situations where uh, whoever was in charge of whatever I was doing would pull me aside. They'd be like, have you ever thought about going into sports broadcasting? And I would be like, well, yeah, but it's not really logical. And they would be like, well, I, th I think you'd be really good at it. And when you're hearing that from 
teachers, when you're hearing that from random strangers, when you're hearing that from family members, it's it's I, I believe it's a God thing that he's planting on your heart and giving you seeds that you're supposed to to water and develop and, and pursue. Uh, I, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe there's anything as an accident. Uh, so I don't think that those interactions that I kept having, and if it's a one-off thing, I mean, I've been told I could, I, I should be anything from a scientist to a mathematician to a teacher. Uh, like, if that happens one time, oh well. But if that if that's happening over and over and over again, you have to start paying attention to it. Maybe it's it's the Lord knocking at your heart, saying, "Hey, this is what I want you to do." Uh, and so as I continue to get older. Uh, I really started developing a, a passion to pursue this. And uh, the mindset was always, well, I talked about it enough already. I might as well get paid for it. Uh, and that was my mindset when I went to school. As I said, I want to be a sports broadcaster. And I think my parents were a lot more nervous than I was when I said that, um, because I kind of went in uh, bright eyed, bushy tailed, not really understanding what I was about to get myself into and the trek that the Lord was about to take me on. But uh, it's been it's been worthwhile. It's been exciting. It's been fun. Uh, and everything that I've I've imagined when I was a little kid, uh, it, it has has come true. And it's been really cool to be a part of and to watch unfold, because, yeah, uh, when I was a little kid, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the voice of a team. And, and now I get to do that. Yeah. And and there is the the process of, of being the voice of the team. I, I mean, who knew that it was going to be a, a hometown connection team too? You know, there, there's so many things that orchestrates to just uniquely be at Liberty uh, to, to have the connect, not even knowing that the Hillcats were <laughs> with the Cleveland guardians. Uh, it's, you know, there are certain things that I, I I'm with you on that. Like, I don't believe that there are uh, coincidences. I, I would say a coincidence may be that one off time. Uh, you know, if there mm-hmm. is anything, any such thing as a coincidence, that's, that's where you have the person who's like, oh, you were really great at this. You you could definitely be a counselor. Like, no, like, uh, <laughs> like that's great. You I don't want to sit there and listen to people's feelings all day. <laughs> it's like, there are other people though, when you hear that multiple times, when you hear things, you know, multiple times, you, you do start thinking, okay, there's something to this. There, there is, there's more than, than just, uh, you know, one thing or another. Um, and, and I remember having that, myself, uh, you know, where people were like, you really need to do something with talking to people. Um, this was before the the era of the podcast, even because I'm a little older. Uh, I, I remember people just constantly telling me, you are great at talking, like you're really good at talking. Um, you should definitely do something with talking. So I, I that's why I pursued broadcasting at first. And, and now I I never realized it. But my current job and and some of my former jobs as well have all been revolved around talking to people. So it may not be a broadcasting career. It may be something else in in your uh, realm of things for you. It is broadcasting and that's awesome. But for those listening, if you have a dream or a spark or or something that you've been told that you could do incredible things with this, uh, remember that those those might be the uh, checkpoints in, in leading you to something special. It may not end up being the career that you ever expected. In my case, that was that was me. I never expected to be in the career I'm in currently. However, I would not have it any other way. And I utilize every skill I've ever had or gained from anything I've ever done is utilized daily 
and it brings me joy in utilizing those where I look back on on broadcasting a late Friday nights with LCA blowouts like 41 seven or whatever with, with Jason Brill. And uh, I look back on that and I'm like, you know, I can connect with people on a different level because I've learned how to have those conversations. So I, I'm so glad that you shared that uh, to just give everybody who's listening a, a little bit of a reality check of there are things that you're good at. There are things that you should pursue, and, and it's not a, it's not a one off. Uh, you know, if it's more than a couple times, you need to absolutely lean into that as best as possible. And and Jason, when you're thinking about leaning in, of course, you leaned in with Liberty. You dug in too. I mean, you were one of the people who, especially my like last, I think it was 2018, 2019, is where we really leaned in. And you did a lot of radio and then you uh, leaned in even further because you were, you know, just enveloped in every sport possible. Um, talk to me about leaning in and then leading into your present on what you're doing. How do you lean in in the present? What are some of the things that you do daily to kind of maybe it is one of those where it's not a one off where there's a door that's cracked open? Um, what are some of the things that you get into you mentioned working with liberty and football and basketball and radio how'd you get into that position talk to me about that process yeah so i, I guess i'll answer the first part of that question is leaning in in the past and i i owe you a lot of credit for this um and I, I honestly wouldn't be in the position that I'm in with, without you giving me an opportunity. And I know you'll probably deflect that a little bit and say I would have made it no matter what. But genuinely, I owe you a ton of credit because you gave me an opportunity when I was very raw on the air and was nervous to have a microphone in front of me and was scared to talk into it. Uh, and you, for some reason, kept putting me on Saturday mornings uh, and allowing me that opportunity and then started taking me along to football broadcasts. and giving me that opportunity as well. And then you referred me to do PA announcing uh, because you couldn't do a game and they said they needed help and you sent my name in. So all, a lot of the opportunities that I have had have stemmed from your impact. And so um, I, find somebody who's willing to invest in you uh, if you're wanting to lean in and you're wanting to get involved. And you were willing to invest in me and willing to give me a chance to uh, make mistakes. And I made plenty of them. I remember one time I called Rick Pitino a mafia boss uh, on the air, which uh, I realize now is probably libel or slander. And But you didn't kick me off the air. Uh, you gave me a look, I think. But uh, that was uh, a learning lesson for me. Don't say stupid things on the air. Um, thankfully, probably five people were listening in town, so it didn't get very far. But I've always remembered that moment as... Uh, <laughs> Always be listening or always be paying attention about what's coming out of your mouth uh, when you have a microphone in front of you. Um, but yeah, so always find somebody who's willing to invest in you. And that's really how I started getting involved uh, with a lot of things at Liberty, just with the radio side. Uh, you, Christian Taylor, is another guy, CT, uh, who you know quite well. He, was, he ended up becoming my roommate uh, my uh, junior year, I think. And uh, we really just, uh, he, he, helped me get connected. He helped me get invested. He helped me lean in a little bit more. I think about people like Steve Stilwell. Um, he was looking for somebody to do uh, cutting highlights for football. Nobody wants to sit in a studio instead of going to games and cut highlights. Uh, but I, I was told by Dr. Underation, who uh, is a, a big factor in both of our journeys, um, 
that you have to say yes to everything. And this was an opportunity that was presented for me. And I said yes. And a couple of years later, when Steve Stilwell had to step down from uh, producing the football broadcast and being the studio host, I was next in line because I had been doing it for the last four or five years. And I had earned that trust and earned that respect of doing the things that people didn't want to do. And now I get the opportunity uh, to be on the air for every Liberty football game and every Liberty basketball game. I've worked March Madness. I've worked the Fiesta Bowl, all because I said yes to giving up my Saturdays in the fall uh, to sit in the studio and cut highlights uh, and make 50 bucks a, a game. Uh, and now I get to have a lot of fun every single Saturday. And so uh, the the things that you're seeing now uh, in my life, the opportunities that you see now are all because of leaning in back when I was a freshman and sophomore and junior in college. The things that you do uh, growing up, the things that you do while you're in school, and uh, what, there's no opportunity wasted. Uh, everything that you learn, everything that you do is going to come back in some capacity and you're going to end up using it. Just like you said, you're using all the skills that you learned uh, while you were in school and while you were in life and just doing different jobs and careers. You're using those. You're using your giftings. You're using your passions. It may not be how you envisioned it and it may never be how I envisioned it. Uh, but every skill that we learn and everything that we develop is going to come back and be useful for us at some point in time. For me, it's been in the field that I, I graduated from, and I'm very blessed with that. And I'm very honored uh, to ha have that opportunity. And for some people, uh, you may be called to go do something else, and that's completely okay. The skills that you learn and the skills that you lean into uh, while you're in school and while you're growing up, they're going to come back and you're going to be able to use them wherever you're being led and whatever you're doing. And so to kind of tie everything in a nice little bow is uh, the past impacts the present. And that's kind of the nature of this podcast and what uh, the story that you're trying to tell is the past of what we're doing and the past of what we've done and how we've developed and the way our lives are shaped and formed and the paths that we follow are going to impact and change and play a factor in what's happening today, the here and now, uh, and the future, the, the then after. Um, it's all going to tie into one nice, beautiful, pretty story that doesn't make sense, uh, but it's an awesome story nonetheless. Dude, all of the stuff that you're, you just reminded me of was like a floodgate of emotion. So thank you for, for the shout out. And one of the things I have learned is I'm not great at receiving compliments. Um, and honestly, uh, something Simon Sinek said is when people compliment you, uh, the people who deflect it, um, it diminishes the the power of the compliment. So I'm just going to learn to say thank you. I really, really do mean it. Uh, it means a lot, um, especially because that's the person I've always tried to be. Um, and to hear that, that that there's evidence that I've actually been doing that, it just is encouraging to me. So thank you uh, for for that memory. Uh, that that is that is one that I I didn't remember uh, before this conversation. So. Um, special. And of course, underation, you, you mentioned him. I, I mean, he really did play a big part in our lives. Uh, he was our journalism professor and uh, definitely impacted us uh, quite a bit. Um, in, in a lot of ways, uh, he was uh, a key part in just my life and in, in challenging me to ask better questions. Uh, you know, not not going to a, a 
game as a, a reporter or a sideline or anything like that and just asking the generic um you know talk to me about your feelings on third down or like anything like that like he would he would have us learn better questions which made us better broadcasters and ultimately mm -hmm. better communicators at the end of the day so um uh, you know that answer i love the bow tie i love the fact that you tied in the the premise of of this podcast because that's exactly what we are here for um is, is challenging the present by viewing our past and and recognizing that we are so much stronger and more prepared than we could ever imagine and that should give us confidence to go into the future and know, hey, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to pursue these uh, giants and I'm going to pursue this passion. I'm going to pursue this career. I'm going to pursue this girl or I'm going to buy this house. Like those are big decisions that change lives. Um, and the more confidence you have in recognizing that you've made a lot of big decisions, they just didn't seem as big because you were not as big at the time. Um, it, it's just powerful. Um, going from the past into the present, kind of those day-to-day, uh, -day. what's something that you do on a daily to keep that mindset, to keep that focus throughout your your pursuit in the present? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's built out of time with the Lord. Uh, faith is very important to me. It's why I came to Liberty in the first place, uh, is just really wanting to invest in that and grow in that. And so spending time in the Word uh, and then just reflecting. Uh, I, I, I spend a lot more time reflecting on my journey than probably most people. And I'll touch on it a little bit here. Uh, uh, the reason I do that is because I tried to get out of Lynchburg. Uh, I, after graduation, I graduated into COVID and I was like, I am done with Lynchburg, Virginia. I'm ready to get out of here. Uh, and so I moved to Atlanta for a grand total of a week and two days. Um, and I took a job that I, I took on a whim just because I wanted to find something new and I needed a job. It was COVID and I hated it. It was nothing more than a glorified street salesman position. You know, you, you can picture the sleazy sleeves rolled up, uh, working the street corners, trying to sell you whatever product or donation that uh, you could possibly imagine. Uh, that was me for a week and a half. And I absolutely despised it. And I was living with a friend at the time because uh, he, he was with his parents uh, and they opened up their home to me. Uh, and within that week, I got COVID, uh, which I had not had at that point yet. But when you're working with the public and you're the only person on the street talking to people, well, everyone else is huddled at home uh, like we probably <laughs> were supposed to be uh, in, the, in the height of COVID. Uh, odds are you're going to get it. And so I got it. And uh, the, the family that I was staying with said, you can't stay here anymore. Uh, it's not safe for our family. Uh, and so I got kicked out. And so my options were either to be homeless and have COVID and keep a job that I absolutely despised or kind of surrender defeat and say, this was not what I was supposed to do uh, and go back to Ohio, have a nice warm bed uh, and start fresh. Uh, and the warm bed uh, really sounded really nice compared to being homeless <laughs> for being sick. So uh, I moved all the way back a week later to Ohio and uh, settled back down uh, in, in Cleveland. And um, I, I started looking for jobs there and I wasn't able to find anything. And I started getting a few more offers, but I just wasn't able to find something where I could latch on to. I just wasn't passionate about anything. And so I went back to a camp that I had grown up going to and, and I ended up working with when I was in undergrad. Uh, and I just volunteered for a week 
because uh, they always claim it's called Beulah Beach Camp in, in Vermilion, Ohio. They say the Lord doesn't speak any louder there, but you oftentimes hear him a lot clearer. Uh, and so I was like, well, let's put this to the test. Let's go up there and let's see uh, if I can get some clarity about what direction I'm supposed to be headed. And I went the whole week and no clarity, had no idea what, what I was supposed to do. The final hour of the camp, they do a, a, a big send off for the students. I get a call from Steve Stillwell, who I've already shouted out once on the podcast, uh, saying, hey, man, I'm looking for a GSA. Uh, a graduate student assistant, would you be able to move down within the week and get started back here at Liberty? And immediately, that was the answer that I had been looking for. It was an answer to prayer. And I said, yes. And so I moved back to Lynchburg and I started reaching out to different people around here. Uh, and I got connected with a local body of believers and church. And I started getting more and more broadcasting opportunities. And I, I realized and I'll tie this all back in a second, um, but I, I realized that the Lord was really preparing me. Um, he He took me out of Atlanta. He He allowed me to get sick. He allowed me to face a trial. He He forced me to go through that so that I would realize that I was not living with what He called me to do. If I had stuck through and lived in Atlanta, I would not be a broadcaster today. I would not be in sports, which is what I firmly believe the Lord has called me to, and that's the what part of the reason why is because. I tried to get away. I tried like Jonah to completely go and uh, run in an opposite direction from where the Lord was calling me. And he took a, a big fish and he took COVID for me and spit me back out on the path that I was supposed to be in and started guiding me back through it. And so I spend a lot of time reflecting on the journey that the Lord has brought me through. Uh, and I, I, it's just in my time with the Lord, thinking back about how blessed I am. And yes, there are daily trials that come. Yes, there are these fiery furnaces that will come up and these things that will cause stresses and will uh, be annoying and frustrating and make you wonder if you're doing the right thing. But when you take the time to uh, be with the Lord and then just think back about where you've come from and how you've ended up to where you're at, you'll start to realize that, well, maybe I'm supposed to be going through this right now. Maybe this is preparing me for something even better down the future. Maybe this trial that I'm dealing with right now is only preparing me to uh, face something even even bigger, uh, kind of uh, what we were talking about before we even started the recording. Maybe this bear and lion that I'm dealing with right now is preparing me to face a Goliath down the road. And so there's a reason for my journey. There's a reason for where I am the way I am. And that's why every day I spend time with the Lord uh, is just to uh, connect with him and stay rooted in him. Because uh, without that uh, and without him and without his guidance and leading, I definitely, I don't know where I would be. I know I wouldn't be here. I know I wouldn't be living in, uh, in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I know I would be doing something apart from what I was called to do. Uh, and so I, I spend my time with the Lord every single day to make sure I stay rooted and make sure I stay uh, grounded uh, and on the path that he has for me. Because that journey, though it's been a winding road and twists and turns and different than how I pictured it, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I, I remind myself of that all the time because I, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else because this is where the Lord has me for right now. The greatest stories are not the ones that always seem smooth sailing. The greatest stories are the ones with trial, tribulation, twists and turns. 
Uh, there's there's a reason why books are you know fascinating and great. You think of some of the the great stories like Lord of the Rings and things like that. It, it's that there is a, always a, a couple chapters where it doesn't seem like it's going to work out, and I think that everybody can connect with that because they may be in that moment where it doesn't feel like it's going to work out or their pursuit of what they thought they wanted is all of a sudden not the job they wanted. Uh, and I've, I know a couple of people in my life who they had great opportunities for really good jobs and they said yes, but then they found out very quickly that that job was not what they wanted to do. Even though it was a great job, uh, they could have stuck it out, but they left and they found things that they were more passionate about, more excited about. And, and it's not always about, you know, avoiding pain or avoiding hard work because i can guarantee you regardless of what job you work if you stayed in atlanta you were going to do hard work your job right now is hard work it's not like it's simple uh you know none of the none of the jobs are going to be just like um rainbows and butterflies as they say right like we all work really really hard in our careers um so for you what's the next step what are some of the things that you're working on in and the goals that you may be having for 2024 we're we're only in february so what would be you know we're still in the realm of re resolutions ish uh, i mean kind of some people are giving up already uh hopefully not you what are some of the the 2024 goals and beyond for you well uh, goal number one lose weight uh <laughs> we're getting i'm getting older we're all getting older uh you got to start losing weight to stay healthy if you want to keep that going uh but no in all seriousness um there's a lot of things that I'm pursuing in 2024. I've started another, another degree program. Um, I'm back in school getting my, my MFA, a Master's of Fine Arts, uh, just to um, really open up the door for more opportunities down the line. Um, I've developed a passion for teaching um, in, in some capacity. And uh, I've, through my time working in minor league baseball, I, I've begun to realize that you really do need a tent making position. You do need something that's going to uh, allow you to fund your career, your what you're passionate about. Because just like the players, you're not making a lot of money in minor league baseball. Nobody's getting rich working in minor league baseball. That's not how it works. But so having a tent making position, having a career that you can do that can support you, that can give you the flexibility to do what you're passionate about and do what you love. Uh, is important. So I wanted to go back to school and really start pursuing that. So I have that uh, to kind of support me as I continue my career. And obviously things could open up for me to have a full-time job in broadcasting and just broadcast. And that's the ultimate dream is to only have to worry about broadcasting uh, and all the things that go along with that. But uh, I understand that that's a, a those, those jobs are few and far between. I'm already one of 120 in minor league baseball uh, doing play-by-play -play for a team. Uh, and there's probably maybe 60 of those that uh, are with full-time positions. And so uh, you really have to find a way to uh, just support yourself. And so I want to go back to school to better prepare myself um, for life alongside of broadcasting um, and allowing myself room to grow outside of broadcasting. And then on the sports side, uh, I want to just continue to get better. Uh, I want to continue to grow. There are still a lot of things that um, I want to improve upon. I still have a little bit of a lisp in my voice, and I would love to get rid of that um, because uh, though it's part of my story, it's part of who it makes me, 
uh, or what makes me who I am. I, it's still something that when I listen back to some of my calls, I'd like to get rid of. And that that's just part of training your voice and growing in that area. I'd like to become a better storyteller. Uh, sometimes I tell stories a little bit too quickly uh, when I'm on a broadcast because I think I have to fit it in uh, with one batter. Well, I can spread that out for a whole inning uh, and tell a whole story uh, throughout an entire inning, whether it's about a player or about the team. So I want to get to be a better storyteller. Uh, and ultimately, uh, I just want to continue to follow the path that the Lord has for me. Um, I always tell people when they ask me, they're like, why are you still in Lynchburg, Virginia? Well, the answer is I'm content. Uh, I'm content because the Lord hasn't called me to go somewhere else. He hasn't planted that desire to move on. He hasn't planted that desire to pursue my next uh, my next step. Um, and until I start getting that 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 inkling or that 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 push toward that, I'm going to be content with where I'm at because if I'm going to uh, if the Lord has me someplace and I know I'm living in His will, if I'm going to be not content in that, that's not a good way to live. I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to have joy abounding. Uh, and so right now I, I just want to be content and I want to remind myself as to why I'm content with where I'm at, because uh, if I let any of those frustrations, because I could very easily tell myself, oh, Lynchburg is a small market. There's there's not much growth here. There's not you're working in a town of 70,000. You could be working in towns of 200, 300,000 and really getting your name out there and really being successful in the terms of, uh, of worldly value, making tons of money. It's not always about that. Uh, it's about, in my mind and in my life, because of my faith, it's about being where the Lord's planted you and blooming where the Lord's planted you and growing and thriving wherever he has you uh, in his will, because that's where you're going to make the biggest impact. That's where you're going to feel the, more, the, most, uh, the most success. Uh, and it doesn't have to come through financial terms. It doesn't have to come through uh, what we might view as worldly or earthly success um, to our peers. But it comes in that satisfaction of knowing that I'm where I'm supposed to be and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's what I want to keep reminding myself in 2024 is that for right now, I'm where I'm supposed to be and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So let's have fun and let's be joyful in it. Uh, and that's kind of what my, my, my mindset for 2024 has been and is going to continue to be. One of my favorite verses, it, it actually almost became a tattoo, my first tattoo. I actually don't have any tattoos, but the only verse, the only thing I ever was going to tattoo my body with was Psalms 9014, and that's satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, O Lord, that we would sing with joy to the end of our days. And, and mm. it's that mentality of uh, when you when you are satisfied uh, and everybody, whether you believe in Christianity or not, again, I, I've shared very much so. And Jason and I have, have had conversations about it in the past, as well as just earlier today is uh, I, I'm not here to have a, a, a Christian podcast or anything. That's my faith. That's Jason's faith. And we're very open about it. But at the same time, I understand if, if somebody's going to have a different belief uh, and I'm not here to change your belief. I'm not here to try to uh, shove it into your face or anything like that. But if you experience the the feeling of satisfaction, right, when you're hungry and you eat food or when you're thirsty and you take that drink, um, there is a, a different feeling when you just feel satisfied. And and I really, uh, I'll second what uh, Jason said, is when you're in that momentum of of trying to figure out what you want to do and you feel that, um, you don't want to leave that at all. Uh, and it doesn't matter if it's a belief system or just where you are in life. Um, when you feel that you don't want to leave that, 
And there will be a day where we all get thirsty again, right? There, there will be things that we outgrow. Uh, growing up, you you never just had the shoes that you were wearing when you were in first grade all the way through high school. Um, you outgrew them. And so there's always growth. And that's something that I really do appreciate about your story and about you sharing your faith, Jason, is that um, I have that same mentality where I, it, it's, it's, it's a contentment, but it's deeper than just saying, oh, I'm okay with being where I'm at. That's not contentment. It's that I am satisfied and that satisfaction is something that is bringing life and joy and excitement into my life. And that doesn't mean that there isn't crazy things that go on throughout our daily lives. I'm sure you have plenty of stories that you could tell about Liberty football going to bowl games and playing against teams like, oh, I don't know, (laughs) Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, there's so much, you say it's a small city, but there's so much poised growth in the fact that there is a a booming and a blooming uh, sports program at Liberty and they're getting traction and starting to pick up some uh, bigger and bigger recruits, which are putting them in the spotlight, considering they were one of, I think, what, three teams that were undefeated this last year? Um, or, or along those lines, I think they were one of three teams that were undefeated through the season. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're, there's a lot there um, that has the opportunity for you to grow with, which is really exciting. Um, you talked about kind of where you are and, and some characteristics on you and just being content with with the the spiritual life. I do... I ask this question all the time because I think it's very important for us to be able to uh, reflect and and view the past, but also view the future and what we're striving for and some of the goals that we have and how we want to do that. So I always say um, like 10 years down the road, describe what you hope you're going to look like. Maybe not the job that you have, or maybe the job that you, that you have in 10 years. Um, but the the characteristics of who you are as a person in ten years, uh, what do you hope you'll look like? Yeah, I that's a great question. I'm glad you ask questions like this. This is going back to Doctor Underation, uh, asking good questions and getting that's where you get the good answers, right? That's where you get the meat uh, that you can apply and uh, post quotes about. Um, and so to answer the question, um, ten years from now, I, I hope I'm just multitudes better in the characteristics that I have now. I want to be an even more joyful person uh, than I am today. I want to be an even more loving person than I am today. I want to be able to look at everybody uh, and just instinctively just want to just cheer them on. And that's something that's hard for me uh, all the time because in a field as competitive as as sports and broadcasting, uh, there's that competition angle and you really want to kind of fight back against it. Um, and I want to be somebody who cheers people on, even if it means that they're surpassing me. Um, I don't. I want to be the guy who's who's content being uh, fifth in a race of five people. Uh, I, I want to be content uh, and and happy if that's where I'm I'm supposed to be. Um, I want to be that person who who can mentor, who can teach. I want to be uh, what you were to me. Um, for another person. I want to be able to take people under my wing and give them opportunities that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have. I want to be able to uh, teach and to mold and to help grow. Uh, And so 10 years down the line, I'll be 36 years old. um, And (laughs) I, I want to be able to, to really start stepping into that, uh, that, that just mentorship role and be able to help people. And it's something I've always, 
always tried to do and already tried to step into and bringing people along with me and, and, and trying to notify them of opportunities that um, are, are available to them. But I really want to lean into that in the next 10 years and 10 years from now, be able to say, wow, I've, I've really done a, a good job of taking people under my wing and opening up doors for people and cheering them on uh, and being joyful along with them. And so 10 years from now, that's really what I'm hoping for. I can look back um, and obviously with the faith aspect, being solid, being deep and being strong in my faith, that's important to me. But uh, on the uh, on the day to day life, uh, that that's what I want to be. I want to be a, a cheerleader of sorts, a champion for others. That's something I was challenged with. Uh, last summer is not just finding somebody who can be a mentor, but somebody who can be your champion, somebody who will champion you for other positions, for other jobs, for relationships, for networking, for growth. And I want to be that champion for others. I want to be somebody who will push them toward other opportunities and cheer them on and be by their side uh, and watch them and come along them as they grow uh, and get to experience the path that the Lord has taken me on. You know, I, it's it's cool because you're already doing a lot of those things. I know you've already shared through, you know, earlier in the podcast with some of the things that you've done, as well as some of the areas and stepping into teaching and things like that. Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer that things don't just happen. Uh, you have to have a, a plan, and you can say what you want, all you want. You can say, yeah, in five years I want to look like this, or I want to do this. And, you know, if you say I want to be in shape in five years. Well, guess what? If you don't do anything about it, but you say, I want to be in shape, I don't care how much you manifest abs, you have to go to the gym a few times a week for those next five years in order to get it in five years, right? It doesn't just happen. So what are some of the things that you maybe will plan to do or you're doing currently on a daily basis or even like a weekly or monthly basis where you're setting aside time? to do this type of stuff, what's some of the practices that people can walk away from and say, oh, wait, I can connect with this. Maybe I can do this in my life. Yeah, well, I, I, just to speak on manifesting, I've manifested six packs in my life, and the only thing that keeps coming are rolls and soda. So that's the only six pack that I've been able to experience so far. Um, so yes, please, if, you, if that's what you want in five, 10 years, please go to the gym. Don't just sit here and hope for a six pack because You'll get what you ask for. It might just not be the kind that you're, you're dreaming of. Um, but uh, yeah, the things that I'm doing right now um, to kind of prepare myself for that 10 year mark is one being in the work. Uh, that's what gives me my source, my source of joy. Uh, this world is a tough place. It's it's you look around, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. And I can't sit here and, and, and be naive to it. Uh, I'm not naive to it, but what I know is that my my source of joy, my source of strength comes from the Lord, uh, and that's where I find it every single day. And so being in the Word, that's going to give me that joy and that love that's going to sustain me for the next 10 years uh, and continue to grow within me. On a practical side, um, I've already started teaching. Um, I'm an adjunct professor now as well, uh, and I've learned how to kind of come alongside some of my students and promote them for jobs and open up doors for them. And I, I, I'm still not great at it, uh, but I've, I, I've seen some people take that next step um, after having uh, my class or having uh, worked alongside of them. And that's something that I, I don't take lightly uh, is seeing those um, opportunities come about. I, there was a, a student that I just had that got a job with the Hillcats, which was pretty cool. Um, my roommate, uh, he uh, worked at Liberty and um, I really 
championed him for a position that was opened at the Hillcats because he was going to be a perfect fit for it. And I, I, I went to them and I said, hey, you need to hire this guy. He's going to be great. Um, and they listened and he got the job. And I'm really excited about that. And though that's not of my doing necessarily, I, I'm not him. I didn't make his career, but I was able to champion him. And so stepping out of my comfort zone, fighting for people on a day-to-day -day basis, standing up for them uh, when I see something that they could thrive in, pushing them toward that. That's something I, I'm doing right now that, I, that in 10 years, I want to be even better at um, helping people, coming alongside of them, take that next step into their career, take that next step into their life, because that's important. Uh, I've had an awesome life I'm, and I'm still young. Uh, I, I still have hopefully many more years ahead of me in my career, in my life. Uh, but that doesn't mean I can't start helping people now. Uh, and so I'm taking on interns at the Hillcats. Yes, they're going to help me uh, relieve some of my stress. Uh, and I'm very excited about that. But it's also an opportunity that I have to, to try and up somebody to hopefully replace me. A, a lesson that my youth pastor taught me is uh, always find a replacement. Always find somebody who can do the job better than you can. Always find somebody who, when you say, my time is done, they can say, my time is now. Uh, and that's something that he really uh, put it, uh, or, or laid upon me, uh, that mindset, that idea. Uh, and so that's something that's really motivated me and uh, allowed me to have that mindset of, okay, I'm in this position. I, I'm a broadcaster. I'm one of 120 in minor league baseball. How do I get somebody else to be one of 120 in minor league baseball? What do I have to do to make sure that uh, if my time as being that one is done, there's somebody else who... I can prepare and I can set up well for success uh, to jump right in, whether it's my position directly or somebody else's position who leaves to pursue another path as well. So there's always that mindset. There's always that drive. There's always that push to help other people. It really stems tying it full circle again. That thing that I learned in my past is shaping my present that's going to push me into the future. And so to put it all in a nice little bow, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm taking the lesson that I learned in high school from my youth pastor and applying it to today so that in 10 years from now, I can continue to be stronger and better at that. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. You you have been uh, such a, a blessing and an honor to to talk with. So we're going to begin the, the wrap up uh, in this. So one of the things I am, am passionate about is not just figuring out, okay, so there's the past, there's the present, there's things you've experienced. But I've had a lot of, <laughs> I've had a lot of advice given to me over the years. And in fact, I've had some people who have sworn by their advice and said, this is the best advice you need to do this. And then two years down the road, I realized, oh my gosh, that was terrible <laughs> advice. But I think there's the valuable uh, lessons and there's things that we can draw from everybody. So what would be advice that you would give your younger self, something that now looking back, instead of somebody else giving you advice, what's something that you would tell you, let's go back to 2016, at the beginning of your liberty, you know, going into college for sports broadcasting, what's something that you would tell yourself uh, as, as recent as 2016? I think if I were looking back right now, I would tell myself, don't think that trials aren't supposed to happen. Uh, don't think that struggles aren't supposed to happen. Don't think that these things are, are meaning that uh, something is wrong, that uh, things are falling apart. And your trials, though they might seem like it and they're tough in the moment, they're not the end of the world. 
But at the end of the day, they're preparing you for something bigger and better down the line. We don't go through a trial. You have to be refined by fire. That's that, that's pretty much a, a, a world-respected idea is that we're refined by fire. It's, it's what happens with metal. We're refined by fire. And we as humans are refined by trials. We grow stronger through our trials. We grow better through our trials. And so if I were to look back, there have been a lot of trials that I faced in the last eight, nine years since 2016. But time and time again, as I am able to look back and reflect upon the trials that I went through, they've all prepared or led me to something greater, something better, something that I was supposed to be doing that I wasn't before. Uh, and it may not come immediately and it may not be um, the result that I thought about uh, right away. And I may not even see the, re the end result on, on this side of heaven. I may not be able to, when my time comes up and the Lord calls me home, I may not be able to, to have that nice little bow on every single trial that I went through, but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be a nice little bow on every trial that I've gone through. And so I'm a firm believer that our trials are here for a purpose and that the things that you go through day to day in your day to day life, and Lord knows that I've gone through tons of them in the last eight years, um, they're there for a purpose and they're preparing you, they're growing you, they're molding you, they're shaping you, uh, and they're shaping others. Others are watching you as well. How do you respond to a trial? How do you respond in this situation? Because the way you respond is also going to help shape how they respond uh, and how they go through a trial. And you're able to walk with them through that. So that would be my advice that I would tell myself eight years ago, because I came in, like I said, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, not knowing what I was about to get myself into when I signed up to be a broadcaster. And I was completely misled. There have been plenty of trials. There have been plenty of struggles. There have been plenty of frustrations and stresses uh, that have just taken, they've taken a toll. But time and time again, as I'm able to look back and I'm able to reflect, I can realize that they were there for a purpose. They've made me stronger. So that's what I would tell myself uh, eight, nine years ago. Well, it's excellent advice. We we all face the bears and lions that are in our past. We all face moments that it feels like death. At you know, during the moment, it can be petrifying to go up against something uh, where you're just faced with fear, or you're faced fa faced with anxiety, or faced with a, a wall that you don't know how to get over or go through, and. I think uh, in, I just look back on my life and that's the exact uh, same advice uh, or similar advice that I would give myself at multiple points in my life too. Is like, hey, it hurts right now, but this is not forever. This is just for now. This is mm -hmm. not, this too shall pass is, is a, a great phrase to remember is, is this is going to go by and then there's going to be something worse. Honestly, and down the road, you're going to have a harder trial because you're going to be a stronger person. And so what pressures you feel now, it, this is all going to be light stuff eventually. And you're just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And I really appreciate it. And we've finally reached our, our last section here. And I call this the final countdown because it's a way to just kind of, like you said, put a bow on everything and wrap up the let's get to know Jason Prill but we've talked about the past, we've talked about the present, we've talked about the future. Now let's just get to know a little bit about Jason so we can connect everybody to the fact that Jason's just like you and I, and we all have these, these little things about us that I think the, the final countdown 
and gives a nice insight into people. All right, the final countdown, 10 questions in 60 seconds or less. Number 10, what is your spirit animal? Penguin, I waddle through life. What is a pet peeve of yours? When people text you urgently for a response and then don't reply after you respond immediately. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Uh, dinner. What is your go-to movie snack? Gotta be popcorn, a classic. Extra butter? No, I, cholesterol is a little high right now. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. If your life had a theme song, what would it be? Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks, because I start at Liberty with the high uppity uh, people and the, the, the nice uh, put together. And then when I go over to the Hillcats, it's where the, the whiskey flows and the beer chases. Uh, and, and that's how I spend my day to day throughout the year. So that's kind of my theme song. All right. What's your favorite season of the year? Probably fall. End of baseball season, beginning of football. Can't get better than that. Leaves changing all of that. Incredible. Uh, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. hundred percent. So much controversy on that one. Uh, what's your favorite TV show? I'd have to go with either Seinfeld or Ted Lasso. Those are, or even Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Those are probably my three, like top three favorites. All, all good choices. What's the worst advice you've ever received? Don't follow your heart. My 10th grade teacher told me, don't go to Liberty. Don't become a broadcaster. It's never going to work out. You have to pick something safe. I'm glad I didn't listen to her because that is the worst advice a teacher could ever give a student. What's the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever gotten came from Dr. Underation. Always say yes to every opportunity that's thrown your way so that you can say no uh, at some point in time. The more you say yes, the more you're going to hear yes in return. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for the insight into you. Thank you for the great conversation. I had an absolute blast and I, I'm sure everybody else did. How can we find you? We're about to begin baseball season and so much more. So this is your opportunity to, to share and plug all your social medias, all your connections and anything that you have your hand in because you wear many hats. So anything that you're working on, how can we find you? Well, if you want to tune into my broadcast, uh, just uh, get MLB TV, MILB TV, uh, or go to lynchburg-hillcats.com. All of my games will be broadcast on there. Uh, you can just find the Lynchburg Hillcats on any one of those sites, and you can get the stream, and you can pull it up there. Uh, social media-wise, uh, JASPRIL19 is my handle for everything, J-A-S-P-R-I-L-L-1-9. Um, so you can find me, X, Instagram, um, TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever you want to find me on, that's where you can, those are the, they're all the same handle. I made it nice and simple. Uh, I got that name first before anyone else could get there because uh, there's so many other jazz prills that are out there that I had to pick 19. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. That's all right. You, you are distinct and you have a number. It's almost like you are meant to be on the field or uh, on the diamond with a number like 19. I really appreciate everything. The conversation was incredible. Uh, and, and for all of you who are listening, make sure you'll have the links below to everything. I'll also have the links to any of the Hillcats connections to be able to view those games. If you do like baseball, uh, to hear some of the broadcasts, uh, it was just an, an honest to goodness, a, a wonderful conversation. And I can't wait for uh, a couple a couple months down the road, we might catch back up with you and see how the season went and, and some of the new lessons learned. But thank you so much, Jason Prill, everybody. Kyle, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure.